Our first reading from the Old Testament is from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 13, and will serve as the basis for Pastor Dan's sermon. The Lord says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gospel reading for this weekend is from Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the, word, the, one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Here in our part of the world, we enjoy four distinct seasons. Say them with me, spring, summer, fall, and winter. But if we lived in Africa, we would only have two seasons, the dry season and the wet or the rainy season. In the dry season, everything turns brown. All the grasses and plants wither and dry up. As Pastor Scott mentioned even in the children's message, it begins to look like a desert. Water becomes scarce, forcing the animals to roam. But then the rains come, and the soil soaks it in. The stream beds and gullies fill, 
The landscape turns green. Plants grow. Flowers bloom. The animals return. And once again, there is life. My friends, I want you to drink this imagery in. Because what we see here is exactly how God describes his word through the prophet Isaiah. As the rain and the snow give life to the earth, says God, so my word gives you true eternal life. Indeed, God's word is a life-giving word. So permit me to ask, in which season do you now find yourself? Are you in a dry one or in a wet one? Are you flourishing in God's grace? Or are you weary, withering in a spiritual wasteland? We all, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, we all go through dry seasons in life. Times when we feel we are not growing. Times when we feel like a well that has gone dry. Times when we feel devoid of life and living. Empty, exhausted, anxious, hopeless. But it is also more than just a mere feeling. Without the word of God, our very existence becomes dry and lifeless. Without the word, no matter how our lives may appear on the outside, on the inside, we are dying or perhaps even spiritually dead. It's a situation of spiritual dehydration, and from a spiritual standpoint, the vultures have begun to circle above. Indeed, the worst possible thing in this life is to be without God's Word, His message of grace and mercy, redemption and restoration. In the days of the prophet Amos, God's people had closed their ears to God's Word. And to help them realize the outcome, to help them realize the consequences of their actions, God said that he was going to send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. When someone loses a loved one, a common lament that I hear from such individuals is, I crave just to hear my loved one say just one more time, I love you. Now imagine yourself being that separated from Almighty God to where you never again hear his words of love and grace. And then through the prophet Ezekiel, God gave another message, a vision in which Ezekiel saw the whole house of Israel. And he was standing in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones, bones that were very dry. You see, the people of Israel were physically alive, but spiritually, they were dying, indeed, in some sense, dead. And the people were crying. They were saying, our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. And then the Lord asked Ezekiel, he said, Son of man, 
Can these bones live? Now, to our eye, that appears impossible. But Ezekiel said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then God told the prophet to prophesy to these bones and to say to them, and note this, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And here in Ezekiel's vision, we are given an eyeful of how our good and our gracious God is a purposeful God. You see, when his word goes forth, it does not return empty, but accomplishes his purpose and succeeds in what he wants it, what he intends it to do. And no sooner did Ezekiel speak God's word that those bones started rattling and coming together and the sinews attached and, and the muscles and then the skin covered them and the spirit entered into those bones and breath filled their lungs and they came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. God's life-giving word breathed life into those dead bones and they became alive again. My friends, hear the word of the Lord. In whatever season of life you now find yourself, there's a little prayer that I'm inviting you to pray with me and it's there for you on the screen. Lord, my soul crumbles to the ground. Through your life-giving word, breathe new life into these dry bones of mine that I might come alive in you. Amen. So what does this word from Isaiah have to say to us whenever we find ourselves in those dry and empty times? What hope is there for us whenever our hearts become cracked and hardened? Where do we go whenever our joy is gone, when we are not growing and no longer feel alive? Well, let us first be reminded of what we cannot do. You see, because of the sin in which we were born, because of the sins which we ourselves commit, we cannot make ourselves alive. We cannot make ourselves grow. We are very much like those bones in Ezekiel's vision. But my friends, what we cannot do, God can and God does, and he does with purpose. Because our God is a purposeful God, and through his word, God bestows life. Speaking of Moses' encounter with Almighty God at Mount Sinai, the martyr Stephen proclaimed how Moses received living words to pass on to us. And then the apostle Peter speaks to us all when he writes, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and the enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord 
stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. In fact, our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ said this, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. And then in summing up his gospel account, John writes, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. My friends, simply stated, God's word is the source of life. When it rains down on us, it waters us, it renews us, it restores us, it revitalizes us, and it produces life within us. Just as Jesus said to the Samaritan woman at the well, the water I give will become a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. And so using Isaiah's imagery here, if we are honest with ourselves, we know all too well how we all too easily become like land that is parched and all dried up to where we need more than just a pop-up shower. Indeed, we need the rainy season. We need the constant downpour of God's Word. I mean, we need an honest-to-goodness gully washer. And we need it to soften our hard hearts and our, our jaded minds. We need it to produce life within us again. And we need it to deepen our roots of faith so that when those dry seasons in life do come, we will not wither away in hopelessness and doubt. We need it to live and to thrive regardless of whatever circumstances come our way. Indeed, here is where Isaiah's imagery, we readily behold God's promise and purpose. You see, when the rains come regularly upon the earth, the earth does what God has designed it to do, to grow and to produce life. So it is with us. When the rain of God's word falls upon us regularly, not just a little thimbleful every now and then, but a constant rain, then our hearts and our lives will respond with life just as God has intended and designed it to do. Because God's word is purposeful. It is powerful. It is effective. It delivers what God promises. The writer of Hebrews reminds us, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirits, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is what God's word does. It opens us up. It exposes our sin. It reveals our need for a Savior. And then it softens our hearts and begins to feed our soul. 
And then it enables us to take hold of the life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is what God is promising to each of us again, even at this hearing of his word. That is what he means when he says through the prophet Isaiah, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So whether we sense it or not, God's purpose through his word is at work right now in you and in me. It is doing his work in our lives. His word is accomplishing his purposes, which simply stated comes down to this. It is to give us life. It is intended to save us from our sin, from death, and from the devil. It is intended to restore us to the loving presence of Almighty God and to bring forth fruit, the fruit of life in our lives. Yes, whenever God's word showers down upon us and seeps down into our hearts, it will bring forth life as God has purposed it to do. My friends, God's word has what we cannot find anywhere else. A gift that we cannot find in any other place, no matter how far we search or how far we roam. You see, in God's word, we hear about, we, we come to know, we meet Jesus Christ. The one whom God sent to save us from our sins and to restore us in our relationship with him. Simon Peter once spoke for us all when he said to our Lord Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. My dear friends, watered with the life-giving word of God, Isaiah then declares you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. What a stark contrast to the dry and desolate times in which we sometimes find ourselves, indeed in times that we perhaps find ourselves right now. And how blessed you and I are to know that our God is a purposeful God who makes it possible for us to be refreshed and restored in our lives, even unto everlasting life through faith in Jesus Christ. So once again we pray, Lord God, make us alive today through your word. And he does, right now by his word, each day by his word and forever by his word. So let us welcome the rain of God's word. Indeed, let us become drenched in it 
And let us then enjoy the life that it brings according to the purpose of our good and gracious God. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, may it keep your hearts and your minds through your faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.